Yes, well, it's undeniable we are in a crisis, and it is so many different aspects to it. I mean, the economy is obvious. You know, South Africa is growing at 1.5 percent. Uh, Africa is growing at 4 percent. Uh, isn't it incredible that we, as the richest country on the continent, the so-called gateway to Africa, that we are far behind countries like Nigeria, Ghana, Kenya, and so on. So that's a crisis, because it's a crisis of credibility. And if we want to maintain our position as an important player on the continent, we have to, look, we have to admit that we're in a crisis and we've got to do something about it. And then, of course, there's the worker crisis. Uh, the, the unions are divided, but they are still very angry and still demanding. And there's a crisis there because of pay, because of huge unemployment, because of poverty. And uh, more recently, the students. That is a crisis, too. And I think that the Minister of Higher Education, when he said it's not a crisis... Really, you know, I mean, uh, it would be far better if he were to admit that there's a major problem and that there is a major problem is now obvious because the universities have climbed down. This morning we're told that UCT has climbed down on the worker issue, on the outsourcing. Um, so that clearly was a crisis. Uh, and, and then we saw the march of the EFF. Now, that too is a change because we've tended recently to dismiss the EFF as a kind of theater party, you know, demonstrating, making a lot of noise in Parliament. But I have to say that the march um, to the stock exchange was a very serious affair. And estimates differ on how many people were there, but it was clearly in the tens of thousands. And they were all in red, and they were marched in a disciplined way. And so that constitutes, in a sense, a political crisis, because this is a very radical movement, and uh, we know what they stand for, and we know how they behave themselves in the, in the public arena. And that causes, that poses a crisis for the ANC. So what I am saying in brief is this, that there are now three important social forces which are able to mobilize large numbers of people around socioeconomic issues, namely the union movement, the student movement, and the EFF. These are what I call extramural forces, and they are substantial. And if I was uh, sitting in Parliament or in union buildings, I would say, comrades, we need to come up with a plan and a comprehensive plan not uh, finger-in-the-dike kind of stuff in small palliatives here and there, but a comprehensive plan to show that we want to turn South Africa around and make it into a far more vibrant, uh, self-confident country. At the moment, there's so much pessimism around, so much feeling of depression, uh, that uh, that amounts to crisis. Aubrey, what's your take? Well, I mean, I think our starting point uh, should be not to speak glibly about whether there is a crisis or not. Um, I think we must do what uh, Professor Chirok has just done, to enumerate the areas in South African life where there is a crisis. For me, there is a crisis of leadership, for instance, across the board. And, and that crisis is a contradiction to some extent because 
South Africa does not have a shortage of leaders. We have good leaders in the political space, in business, in civil society, in our churches, in labor, and elsewhere. The problem is that these leaders are unwilling to lead beyond the, uh, the narrow uh, confines of their sectors and uh, the narrow confines of their interests. They seem intent more than anything else on maximizing narrow interests. And uh, in maximizing narrow interests, they do not realize that all they will achieve is mutual destruction and the destruction of society as a whole. So that's the first crisis for me, the crisis of leadership. Linked to that crisis is the crisis of a political class that seems to be out of touch. You have a political class that seems to be more angry about uh, disruptions of parliamentary processes than they are about the reasons behind those disruptions. So there's, a, in, in my perception, a growing distance between the citizen and the political class. And the citizen and the political class are not angry about the same thing. You have an economic crisis. And for me, it's not just a crisis of growth. It's also a crisis of an economy that still, still has uh, strong colonial features, uh, that still excludes the majority. And as I keep on saying, the economy is going to be the main source of conflict across race and class going forward. So we have many crises, but the problem for me is that if these different crises are not tackled effectively, if we as a country do not unite sufficiently behind a common vision for our future, we are heading towards two things, a deeper crisis, and we are sliding inexorably towards a perfect storm of discontent, the discontent of the poor, the working class, and the middle class. So if we are to unite behind a common vision, whose responsibility is it to craft that vision? Well, I was going to come in and support that view, and I agree entirely with what what was said. Um, And it seems to me there is an intellectual vacuum at the moment. Uh, The ANC is stuck in kind of routine decisions. If you look at the discussions at the NGC recently, especially on economic issues. It was very routine and rather boring. A repetition of previous conferences that I attended over many years. Nothing new and and no, no vision about our society. And I think that maybe because the students have shown such vigor recently, uh, with the support of university staff, that maybe the universities would begin to sponsor public discourse about a vision for South Africa, a new vision, which is not about palliatives here and there, because the palliatives are really not enough. I mean, the concessions made by the government over student fees is very welcome and very important and really a huge victory. But we need to go beyond palliatives. And, uh, you know, a little bit of money here and a little bit of money there. And it's not just about the budget. Yes, we are under budget constraints. I understand that, although there are things that we can do nevertheless. But it's about where the country is going. And it seems to me that the intellectuals of South Africa and based in the universities and maybe with some 
into some input from student leaders who should now say we've won one victory. Now let us discuss where this country should go. We do need intellectual discussion. And also by, by, educa- by informed business leaders who must be included in these discussions, and of course the unions. Uh, I would like to see somebody like Vavi becoming a major figure in the discussion of the future of South Africa. So I think we need intellectuals, people who can think, people who, who have vision, to begin to formulate a new vision for the country. We must not be short-term and, and palliatives, which are of the day and, and trapped in the slogans of the past. You know, very often the slogans that are put to us about revolution, about overthrowing capitalism and so on, it seems to me to be pie in the sky at this particular moment. Now, I believe in socialism, and I think capitalism has very serious defects. But this country at the moment is faced with a very different challenge. And that is, it requires inputs from everybody from all sectors. And so I would say that if the media can help, for example, by stimulating this kind of discussion in a fairly rigorous manner, setting out uh, a vision and, and concrete, uh, concrete ideas about where we should go, that would help us a lot. You know, in Europe, on French uh, TV and Italian and so on, they have two-hour sessions where members of parliament and intellectuals sit and talk and talk and talk. I would like to see our media also allocate two-hour sessions where you have a group of people who can think and are willing to discuss broad issues and long-term goals, sit around and talk in public, in the media. That would help us. Aubrey, you said that the political leadership is out of touch. So if they are out of touch, then how are we going to move forward? Well, they are not the only solution. Um, There is a need to mobilize, to, to sensitize them, to look at challenges differently. Because I think the political class, um, is seized by a siege mentality, and therefore is on the defensive. And uh, being on the defensive blinds them uh, to the need for appropriate solutions. Now, of course, we, we, we must, including politicians, including intellectuals, talk. We must talk together. We must think together. But in thinking and talking together, there are two things we must avoid. We must avoid a, a, a tyranny of expertise because you can easily fall into that trap, uh, the trap of a tyranny of expertise. And secondly, we must recognize that one of the main things which hold us back is the fact that we are afflicted by the problem of uh, incompatible visions about what constitutes a civilized society. The, the problem is even deeper. You have individuals and groups of individuals in South Africa who believe that their vision of a civilized society is superior to other visions. That, too, is a source of conflict and blocks us from, the, from finding solutions and blocks us from moving together. So, yes, there is a need um, for us to think together, to work together, uh, and to talk together. But in doing so, for instance, when it comes to something like fees must fall, 
the demand is that there must be free education at tertiary institutions. Of course, there is a broader demand that there must be free education across the board. The first thing too many of us say is that it is too costly. What I think we must start doing is to ask the question whether as a matter of principle, free education is desirable. And then the, the question of whether it is affordable or not can be a secondary question. Now, once you have agreed about whether in principle free education is a, is, is a desirable option, we can then have a conversation about how long it will take us and by what means we, we can uh, achieve free education. But we tend to, to go into these uh, defeatist, uh, modes of thinking, sometimes dishonest modes of thinking. When, when we posit a constraint such as a lack of money, sometimes we do so dishonestly, dishonestly because we are not committed to the goal that is uh, being discussed. And of course, already the lines are buzzing. People want to come in. They want to talk. We're asking a simple question this morning. Is South Africa in crisis? And uh, just looking at what some of you are saying, Neo Mabote says, yes, by virtue of the economic growth rate, education and health sector, government parastatals, social division and inequality. We are in a crisis. Black and Proud says no crisis, but the vibrancy of our democracy, which which presents the platform uh, to vent our anger and solve problems. Sipopiri says, uh, we wish to be in crisis. Uh, some just miss the struggle for freedom and wish we can go back. Jacques Cupida says there's no crisis in South Africa. There's only an agenda for regime change. Prof? Well, I, I don't agree. You know, I think people have not mentioned corruption. Now, you know, my information, which comes from people in government and in departments and so on, is that there is now a rising anxiety within the system by people who... I was with somebody yesterday and was given some information that I can't disclose on the radio about uh, corruption at the very top of the tree. And clearly, this has such an undermining effect on the national, uh, national confidence because you sense something going wrong and 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 you can't always put your finger on it. So corruption is also a symptom of a, a, such a condition of crisis. But I would say I'd like to make a very practical point. I work largely on the economy, and I find that people sloganize about the present character of our economy. And yet we all understand there is a very state, a large state structure, including the state-owned enterprises, but there's even larger private sector, which is 70% of the economy. If we can sit around the table with people from different areas and say, do we all agree that we have two important components of the economy? And now, if you agree, then let us say, what is the role of each of those elements and how do they work together? in a mixed economy. I tell you this, if we could get agreement in public by all the people we've been talking about, that this is a mixed economy with two components which have different roles to play and we define the roles, we will make huge headway instead of sloganizing.